This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It'll be Ovechkin, a two-on-one with Johansson. Alex Ovechkin, cross ring. Score! Marcus Johansson! Marister, the slot. Boyle, put it off the post. They score! Oh, look at Macho, Marcus Johansson! What's up? Periscope, Twitter World, here at Bruins CLNS. I'm Jimmy Murphy at Murphy's Law 74. This is Alex Thomas. Alex underscore Thomas 14. 14. Uh, and you can catch his work over at murphyshockeylaw.net. Why don't yep. you tell everyone else where else you can get? Theoversrig.com, uh, and occasionally you'll find me at the Hockey Writers Studio with some Bruins stuff. All right, that's great. And so uh, a trade deadline for uh, 2019 has passed, and your Boston Bruins – uh, come away with forward Marcus Johansson from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he comes to Boston in exchange for a 2019 second-round draft pick and a 2020 fourth-round pick, as you heard it here, reported here first, uh, as we were doing our deadline countdown uh, just about an hour ago or almost two hours ago now. Man, this day is uh, – it was long, but it feels yeah. like it's flown by. But yeah. we are here, and that's what the Bruins get. Don Sweeney just addressed the media – and, you know, I, I like a lot of what he said. Um, he definitely acknowledged that he was in on a lot. And, you know, I kind of boxed my question a bit, but he understood what I was trying to say was, was the price for the big-time rentals a little bit too high? And that's sort of the gist you got. Yeah. But it's interesting because then you see some of those rentals go elsewhere, and you're wondering, like a Mark Stone, no first round involved, and you wonder, okay, well, why couldn't Don Sweeney have done that? So what's your take on how things went down here and why – the Bruins are standing here now with Marcus Johansson uh, in their top six as opposed to Mark Stone or Mike Hoffman or somebody like that. Oh, the price for Stone ended up not being that big, right? I mean, it was Eric Branstrom, who was a hell of a prospect. Uh, Oscar Lindbergh, who, you know, is a tweener, and then a second-round pick in 2020. So it wasn't like Vegas broke the bank. But what Vegas also did was sign Mark Stone to an extension that will pay him $9.5 million a season, and that's the big thing. Eight years? I believe it is going to end yeah. up being eight years. And and the big thing with that is I don't know if there were any other teams that had the ability to uh, re-sign Mark Stone at that kind of dollar. And, and I, you know, Don Sweeney kind of mentioned that as well. He wasn't really comfortable uh, answering the question about the potential, did he get to talk to Mark Stone and right. his agent. And, and that's something I found really interesting. I wonder if the price on Stone went down, a trade happened late, because Mark Stone uh, had only agreed to sign an extended with Vegas. We heard Nick Tiffield from Sportsnet may have, I said about 45 minutes before the trade, Ottawa knew where they were dealing him. Maybe that's where that news came from. Well, it is, you know, I find it interesting as well um, that he couldn't do it. But the other thing you look at, too, is did Ottawa want to trade? They had already traded Zingle, right? And yeah. uh, what's his name? Matthew Shane. Sorry, yeah. yeah, Matthew Shane in the Eastern Conference. We yeah. both said earlier there's a good chance you could see them re-sign with Columbus. Um, so do they want to have to face them? I know that's in the Metro Division, but did they want to have Mark Stone be – in the Eastern Conference. 
I mean, I, I think they would have taken the best deal. I don't think really Eugene Melnick cares, if we're being honest here, about where he ends up. Um, but, I, I mean, look, if you're Pierre Dorian, remember, let's go back to the summer when he traded Mike Hoffman. He traded him to San Jose specifically to keep him out of the uh, of the Atlantic Division. And I don't necessarily know if that mandate was in place with Mark Stone, but you know, I don't necessarily think that he was thrilled with the idea of sending him to the Boston Bruins and having him re-sign with his Boston team. They were in on him. They were yeah. in on him as, as deep as today. I, I just don't know if that was uh, – <laughs> but you know what? Like, is this Johansson pickup as bad as everyone is saying? No, you're not the only one that likes this pickup. I like this pickup too. Um, you know, for me, it's look, it's not a sexy pickup, right? It's not going to push the needle. It's not Mark Stone. It's it's not Artemi Panarin. But this is a good middle six forward that has proven to bring speed and skill to the lineup. And you can help out in your power play. And look. You can never have enough weapons in your power play, especially when you go in to a playoff series with a team like yep. Toronto or a team like Tampa Bay that's got a ton of firepower. For me, I like this move. It's a small kind of deal. Um, we saw that New Jersey's going to be taking up 40% of the salary on him moving forward. So for me, it's a low-risk, high-reward deal for the Bruins. I, I like this kind of trade for Boston. I think John Sweeney, when you combine this with the Charlie Coyle deal, it wasn't maybe the headline-grabbing, um, you know, Wayne Simmons, Mark Stone kind of deadline, but I thought he had a pretty good day today. Yeah, you know, and look, he didn't give up the prospects, and he right. specified that he yeah. didn't want to give up a McAvoy or the prospects. He, he actually said that to us in the press conference afterwards. Um, you know, he didn't want to give up that first yeah. round pick, like you said. There was nobody in the market today. Jimmy never before us giving up to take the cross. Um, Mark Stone, if he's if he's locked up, if Mark Stone is locked up, then I I would I would give Jake Prosk up for him. That wasn't the case. There was no guarantee you could be able to sign him, so I was all for um, keeping a guy like Jake Cross on the lockdown. Again, we remind everybody, you are watching Periscope broadcast here live where we've been all day covering the NHL trade deadline and what the Boston Bruins were doing and now have done. Uh, we're at Warrior Arena here. The Bruins practice earlier, by the way. Kevin Millar. Uh, Kevin Millar. I always do that. Baseball, uh, baseball <laughs> nuance there. Kevin Miller and uh, Tory Krug day-to-day. Uh, Miller was an upper body. Crew with a lower body should play tomorrow. We'll see. It'll be a game time decision. Um, and then they gave us an update as well on David Pasenek. Yeah, uh, I thought that was some pretty good news. What do you think? And why don't you tell everybody what uh, Don Sweeney said? It's going to be at least another two weeks with the cast, and that's obviously for you know, tomorrow night against San Jose or the next couple of weeks with Hunter Bessner's. But it sure seemed to me like it's going to come down to discomfort coming to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it certainly seems like he's going to be good to go for the postseason and. I mean, look, I, I hate the phrase of own rental. or We've heard that tossed North Carolina today. But in the end, I think that's a pretty big get for the Bruins. That's not the best bit of news. They How about a well-rested game as well? Yeah, that's, that's what you're getting that's too. Gonna be huge. I mean, let's face it, man. This guy, along with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, have carried the Boston Bruins this season. They are where they are because of that trio. And not to take away from the rest of the team, they're doing a great job as a supporting cast. But the Bruins are, you know, an average team at best without those guys out there and what they bring every night. Now you get arrested, David Pasenek. You kind of have your top six rounding out. I mean, I, I, I'm not happy that the Bruins didn't get a Mike Hoffman or a Mark Stone or a Timmy Panarin. I kind of wanted to see Sweeney really swing for the fences and hit one here. He has the prospects to do it. Yeah. But like you said, if it meant that Charlie McAvoy or Jake DeBrus, forget that. I'm not doing it. It's one of the things that I asked him up there was, you know, were you surprised the prices didn't come down? Because usually, we talked about it today, 
the prices will come down on guys if we get closer to three. Well, we didn't see the prices come down today. Maybe except for some. Right. But, but that was gonna, because of the extension. Yeah. And, 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 and that's because him going to Vegas and all that. I mean, Fletcher in Philadelphia wanted a person to prospect for Wayne Simmons. He ended up getting a fourth in a player, a rock player, Ryan Hartman, who, remember, last year was moved for a first-round pick. Yeah. That's a good young player. Well, that's a good player to have in the playoffs, too. Yeah, and a lot of Flyers fans don't like that deal on the face because of what Wayne Simmons meant to Philadelphia. Do they watch Ryan Hartman, though? Ryan Harvard can aggravate the hell out of you. This is going to be a deal that, I mean, look, it's tough that I get the fans back for losing Wayne Simmons. They're going to love Ryan Harvard in no time. In two weeks, he's going to be a fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, so the prices really didn't go down. And we saw a lot of teams that you know, we thought were going to be sellers or even buyers, not do anything. Toronto only picked up Nick Patan. That's a move for the Marlies. Yeah. They didn't do anything today. Carolina kept Michael Ferlin. They didn't do anything today. They're right in the mix. Pittsburgh, I don't care much what they did today. They went out and got Eric and Branson. I thought they overpaid yeah. with Tanner Pearson. Edmonton, they didn't do anything today. Calgary, they didn't do anything today. Yeah. I was a little surprised by some of those buyers and sellers that stood back. Yeah, and of course, the uh, Mark Stone deal to Vegas was broke by Pierre Lebron of The Athletic. And, of course, I used to work with Pierre at ESPN and great guy. And, and also, we want to remind our listeners, check out The Athletic for all your Bruins coverage as well. If you go to theathletic.com slash Beat. You can go there right now and get it for two ninety nine a month. That's a great deal. You'll get the Bruins coverage from Pluto Hour and my other former colleague, Joe McDonald. Uh, they do a great job covering the team there. Good in-depth reading. You know, as I always like to say, um, you know, not that I don't want you to come to CLNS Media and read me uh, and, and go to murphyshockeylaw.net and read Alex, but I always like to say one thing I like about the Athletic is the freedom they have to do the long read, to do the in-depth yeah. read, to do that, to do that story that really I used to love, you know, you're in college, you wake up, kind of get the hangover. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll be blunt, the hangover shits, and you're on, you're on the can, you're in your second office, you need some good Sunday reading, right? The I'm Athletic sorry. is that type of Sunday reading and more, all right? I'm not saying you should just read it while you're on the can, but it is great Sunday reading any day of the week, and that's what I love about The Athletic. They do a great job there. So, reminder, theathletic.com slash Beat. Two ninety nine a month, great deal. Yeah, it pays for itself. I mean, and I just bought it for the hockey coverage, and it paid for itself in weeks. Now I'm reading baseball. Well, you, you got to unbuy it and use the Bruins beat and get it well, cheaper. Well, now I'm going to have to. Yeah, there you go. That's what we got to do here. Anyhow, back to that, you know, that Mark Stone deal. Another thing we were saying earlier in the broadcast here, prior to the deadline, about him potentially going to Vegas was, and you see him sign. I said, you you watch, he'll sign there because of the tax free situation. Yeah, And that's huge right now. You know, I saw an interesting um, interview. I heard an interesting interview because I forget who the agent was. He was on Hockey Central uh, with Doug McClain, Nick Kiprios, and Jeff Merrick. I think it was Ian Pulp. And, and he was saying, you're damn right that that plays a role. And, you know, that's a, that's a thing that seemed like the Bruins have to deal with. Uh, Taxachusetts, it's not fun to come here and make that money. I mean, of course it's fun to make that money, but you're not getting the full value. And God forbid if you go play for the Montreal Canadiens in Quebec. I, yeah, I mean, and, oh, my God. And it, it's another one of those things, like $9.5 million for Stones getting, and that's not a small amount of money. No. The equivalent of that in Ottawa is $13 million. That's $3.5 more million dollars that Ottawa would have to pay. We know the financial situation of the Ottawa Senators. They're not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's one of the big factors where – you, know, you were able to pick up a guy like Soren at maybe a discounted rate. You were able to pick up a guy like Max Pacioretty at the start of the season and re-sign him. Maybe at a discounted rate. So Vegas is playing up to that right now. 
it really, how can you not be impressed with Kelly McCrimmon, the assistant GM there, and what George McCree have been able to accomplish? I'm a little surprised they kept calling Miller around today. They're probably scratch lately. I think they might use him as a trade chip, but they ended up getting Mark Stone. Really didn't have to pay too big of a price. Yeah, and of course, uh, West was very active. We saw Winnipeg get Kevin Hayes. We saw Nashville go out and get Wayne Simmons, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, the powers that be out there were really countering each other. Yeah. Like we said, I mean, that's that's what you see. Teams may say they don't let what other rivals do dictate what they do. That's a bunch of bullshit. They yeah. totally do. And well, they have to. And it comes back to the depth on the middle, right? What did Nashville, what was their first move today? It was Grandland out of Minnesota, and he, he could play down the that's middle. Right. So yeah. you had him and Wayne Simmons. A, you had some grip. Remember, they got pushed around in, in five, six, exactly. seven against Winnipeg, yeah. Now you gotta got to go embarrassed. Yeah, they did. And, and, and now you've got Wayne Simmons, who's not going to let that happen. you got Grandland, who's not going to let that happen. i tell you what, that was, for me, the best move of the day may have been Grandland. Simmons is a nice guy. Nice yeah. name, but that Grandland ad for Nashville, you know, it was it was the counter to, to the Hayes move. And for me right now, those two teams made themselves better today. In addition to Vegas, you've already got a good Calgary team. San Jose made themselves better last night. I think it's those teams right there. And that's pretty much it out in the Western Conference. Those bubble teams aren't going to do much damage, but that's going to be a war out there. Now, interesting, we had a source uh, that was uh, the same source who uh, flew me in on the Johansson to the Bruins. So this source was on top of things, and he had told me at one point it seemed, and this is why Nashville came as a surprise. They must have just jumped in there at the last second, but it seemed as if the Bruins and the Leafs were the front runners for Wayne Simmons. Yeah. That's another example of two teams about to play each other in the playoffs, uh, trying to battle it out for players to, to improve their team before they get to the postseason. But you look around. I mean, let's forget Ottawa. Obviously, they were active, and, but that was sell mode. But you look around the Atlantic Division today, and really, the Bruins did the best Yeah, in terms of buying. Yeah, and in, in terms of deadline season itself, it's, it's the Bruins with Coyle and Johansson, and then second for me, it's Buffalo with the friend the Montour get. Oh, that was a great get. Yeah, I mean, I look at Toronto, and they're going to be a little UMass kid, by the way. By what? Uh, <laughs> Kyle Dubas can be a little disappointed with the way it's just dead time. I'm a huge fan of his, but, you know, they were looking for toughness. They, Roman Polak was that guy for the last few years. He's in Dallas now. And they talked about Adam McQuaid. Um, you know, he ends up in Columbus. We had talked a little bit about, we'll get to this in a little bit, Adam Larson. Yep. Uh, potentially being a target there. They, well, we talked about him this morning about Darnell Nurse. Another guy that was potential there, Wayne Simmons. But what was the piece that Boston or Toronto, and this is where Nashville wins it, what's the piece that is equivalent to Ryan Hartman? If you're the Bruins, you're willing to give up Dan Nine and Wayne Simmons. I'm probably not willing to do that. If you're Toronto, are you willing, not, willing to give up Kasperi Kaplan for Wayne Simmons? I'm sure as hell not willing to do that. So I think if when Nashville up that offer about Ryan Hartman and Bruins and Maple Leafs, as much as it seems, I, I disagree with you on the Toronto front. Maybe not Dan Heine from the Bruins, but on the Toronto front, yeah, I'm willing to do it. You know why? Maybe you have enough. You know what? Well, that. not even that. This is it. Yeah. You're not going to keep Marner and Nylander and, and Matthews and all those guys wrapped up there, Morgan Ryan, all those guys. You're going to hit cap hell, and you're yeah. going to be in cap purgatory, as, as Pierre McGuire likes to call it, for a long time to come. This was your window. And that, that window, to me, is closing a lot faster in Toronto than it is in Boston. And so for all you Bruins fans out there right now, that are bashing Don Sweeney for not fishing out some prospects or a first-round pick, uh, you know, in order to get a Stone or a Dezingo, uh, you know, or a, a Wayne Simmons. Think twice about that because you're in a better position than the team you're about to face in the playoffs. But that is why 
Now let's get to the playoffs. Let's look ahead. That is why I don't count Toronto out as much as so many people around here, obviously, in Boston and around the NHL. I think Toronto knows this is it for them. And whether that's going to uh, utilize as a motive, they'll be able to utilize it as a motivating factor, or it's going to cave in on them because the pressure is going to be so high, that's to be determined. But I think it's going to be a hell of a series again between these two teams if they meet up. It's not set in stone yet. Well, it's funny. I mean, you look at what the Maple Leafs have added since that game seven. And it was tied going late in that game seven at the Garden. And then it's unfair since then. So you would think that that would make the Maple Leafs a better team. But I look at that Maple Leafs defense, and Morgan Riley is a hell of a player. Yep. And I like Jake Munson. I was talking about that earlier. After that, though, I mean, do you trust Ron Haynes again your second parent? Do you trust Nikita Zaitsev? Because Mike Babcock sure is how this is. I don't trust Zaitsev. I don't think they have the defense that can withstand. If the Bruins can get a three-line attack going, and I think it's possible. You can now with Charlie Coyle. Right. Yeah. They can get that going. I just don't think there's a way that that's Toronto team. And it's just you bring that up, the three-line attack. We, uh, Don Sweeney touched on that in the press conference, how there'll be that trickle-down effect now because he's able to slot Charlie Coyle in the middle there behind Krejci and Bergeron. Uh, that's huge for the Bruins right now because who knows? Maybe like you said, uh, we were talking before as we closed it out before we went down to Sweeney. Yeah. Like you said, maybe they slot Johansson in with Bergeron and Marchand. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, for all you people talking about Marchand and Bergeron, I mean Marchand and Johansson. Sweeney said he got a. What did he say that Johansson said to him? I believe it was. Uh, it was. It's going to be a lot more fun to play with Brad Marchand than it is against. All right. Him. So it seems like they've ironed that out. And, I don't know if you saw my tweet. There was a tweet uh, by Arpin Basu at The Athletic. Again, check out The Athletic. Uh, talking about how they had a birthday party for Johansson's daughter before she went away. Or he went away for this trade and had to come up here. And it was a Frozen-themed one. And I said, well, hopefully Brad Marchand uh, and, <laughs> you know, Marcus Johansson can let it go. And that's what you need to do, okay? Yeah. Bruins fans, I let that go. They've let it go. It's not going to be an issue in the dressing room. Don Sweeney made that clear, and obviously Johansson saying that makes that clear as well. And there's precedent. I mean, we saw in late December uh, Brandon Manning get inserted into the Edmonton locker room after the incident with Hunter McDavid, yeah. his rookie year breaking his collarbone. Um, McDavid is a leader, and Marshall's a leader. And It's interesting, too. You, you bring up what a leader Marshall is. And he has, uh, you got us going on the video there again, he has really matured into a leader for the Boston Bruins. And I had a chance, I don't know if you were there, in the press conference to talk to Charlie Coyle uh, just about walking into a locker room that's got the likes of a, a Zidane Ochar, a Patrice Bergeron, a David Krejci, uh, a Brad Marchand, all cup winners, all leaders. I mean, crying out loud, they went out of their way, you know, when they got Coyle Char and Bergeron called them and had lengthy conversations with them, and Coyle was still beaming about those conversations. So that just shows you the leadership group that we have right now in this, you know, that the Bruins have in this dressing yeah. room. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, you talked about, I want to go back to this too. You talked about the Maple Leafs window closing. For me, I wonder when the window for Zidane Char and Patrice Bergeron closes. I think it's a lot closer for Tara based off of age and Bergeron, but they're not going to play forever. So I do think it was imperative that the Bruins did Have you heard of a guy named Tom Brady? I have. And I do you know him guy. and uh, Char are kind of on the same diet. Well, I mean, that, I have seen some of Char work on videos there. I don't know, man. I could see him going to 50. I mean, hell, if Gordy, did you see the shake Gordy Howard yeah, did? If he can play as long as, as, you know, as he did, I think that ain't no Char can hit 50. I mean, my, but see, that's one thing. We talked about it this morning. Well, untouchable to the Bruins. We mentioned that, you know, if they're out of it, that's a guy you can rent out somebody right. on a one-year deal. 
obviously they're not. I think it was imperative for them to add and let that veteran four know, hey, I still believe you guys can win a championship. We're going to give you the assets that you need. Here are the tools. Now we can build three lines. Let's go do this. Interesting, though, while we talk about Char, I do want to mention that, uh, you know, I asked him a couple weeks back before they went on a road trip. I said, has there been any new talks on a new contract? Because he is on a one-year deal. It's expiring at the end of this season. And he said he'd love to come back, but as of now, there's been nothing discussed. So when I heard that, I wondered if, okay, is this, you know, because that was right around when the talk started and you really started to materialize last year was yeah. kind of mid-February. And I wondered, okay, does this mean Sweeney's really going to go out and swing the fences and land one of those big guys to get Char one more cup and then be like, all right, you know what, Zane? we got to start to give way to the young guys here. We can't bring you in on a $5 million deal. So I wonder yeah, still if that's the case. And it might be, but I also think today was I would take a $4 million deal for one year. I think he'd be almost $8 million. That's just me speculating. Yeah, no, I think um, he would too. You know, I, I think he would at this point in his career. But I also wonder if maybe that's on his end. Maybe this is interesting. Maybe he is considered that. I think a lot depends on what they do in the playoffs. Right. I mean, if they go you on know, a deep, if they they go on a deep run, even if they just chase the final. If yeah. they get to the final again. Because I'm not sure. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I'm not sure how well they do against some of those teams you were mentioning earlier. Nashville, Winnipeg, uh, Vegas. You know, all those teams have legitimate concerns. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I know. I, I'm not big on the goaltending for the Calgary, San Jose. I'm pretty big on Vegas. Um, uh, maybe on Flurry. And this guy, Flurry. I'll tell you what. It's funny with Mark Andre Flurry. I'm just going to deviate for a second. He was, to me, the most underrated goaltender in the NHL until he went to Vegas. Yep. He completely did the heel turn, and coming into this season, I thought he could have been the most overrated goaltender in the NHL. Yep. He's a hell of a player, but he went from, oh, this guy sucks, he's terrible, he can't yeah. play in the playoffs, yeah, yeah. to first ballot, served by a Hall of Famer. And it's yeah. like, we got a big one here, guys. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. He doesn't suck. I don't think he's going to Hall of Fame, but that's a hell of a goaltender. You know, it reminded me the whole situation here, too, and again, we'll deviate a bit here, but you know, reminded me of what happened with the Patriots and Tom Brady and yeah. Drew Bledsoe. Yep. And, you know, uh, unfortunately for Drew Bledsoe, it didn't go that well like it did for Marc-Andre Fleury when he switched locations. But good on Fleury. It will be interesting to see what uh, happens with Vegas now. And even with Mark Stone, I'm just not sure that that defense is going to be able to hold up against some of the BGM video game forward groups in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's going to be, be very interesting. So let's get back to the East, though. We, look at, we mentioned that basically it was the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, and that's it today, that, that we're active. I mean, we saw Jordan uh, Wheel, is that his name? Yep. Jordan, to Montreal. Yeah, to Montreal. Kind of an under-radar uh, trade there. Could be a good depth piece to close, really. I mean, you know what? you got to give a lot of credit to Mark Bergeron. He stuck to his guns. He was under oh, a lot oh, of yeah. fire. They were saying he should go out and get the chain. Dave, but he, he was under a lot of fire last year, too, about losing the job. Well, I didn't like a lot of the moves he made in the offseason. I didn't care about the Deltrania Codome. There were other moves he made I didn't care about. I didn't think they were good moves at the time that have turned out to be really good moves for his team. And now he's got a young team that's all of a sudden looking like it could be something. Would have been very easy to go up and give out those assets to the shape. I thought he did a good job of getting looks at him, says, and, that, and this is a good segue now. I'm going to segue into our final topic here, something that you and I have been creating a team sort of, and you brought it up with Don Sweeney, yeah. and he, he answered it. He, he admitted it, that it happens, is – you know, the, with Mark Burns have been looking at it and saying, why am I going to give up all these assets when I can go out and sign one of these guys in the offseason? i got a shitload of money. Yeah. Why not? Why not just wait till then? I know I'm probably not going to make the cup, so is it worth, like, sacrificing this future that I've built, this mentality that I have, this youthfulness to come into this organization? He says, why not wait? So that's what I'm talking about when I say 
there's a lot of deals we probably heard today that didn't happen that could get carried over to the draft. We see it happen all the time. You know, and I, I look at some of these people. I know I know it's part of the business, but it, it just it baffles me, makes me laugh when you see some of these people on Twitter be like, oh, you got that one wrong, Murph. Yeah, well, you know, it'd be interesting. I don't have the time to do it, but for all you guys to do that, you seem to have plenty of time on your hands. You throw back tweets I put like three years ago in my face. So if you've got that free time, I urge you to go back and look at how many deals. Take it, take it now. Look in the last, like, month, how many trades I discussed that could happen. Could, not would, could, okay, that didn't happen at the deadline. And keep that to the draft and then see what happens at the draft if any of them happen and get back to me. If none of them happen, you know what, I'll quit the business. <laughs> that's how sure I am that some of that stuff well, will happen. And that's something that Don Sweeney talks about. It's a common thing now where the trade deadline is not necessarily the trade deadline anymore. It's, right. it's a precursor to the draft, which I think has become the ultimate trade deadline. Yeah, it, it, it has. And, you know, he's not the only one that mentioned that today. Chief Gretzky mentioned that with the Edmonton Oilers as well. But listen, most of the conversations we had today were laying the groundwork for summer deals involving players of term. And we talked about here on both of the broadcasts we did earlier about Milan Lucci. Being God to are pushing hard today. Yep. You brought up Adam Larson. Both those players have a term, and they are uh, they're moves that would shape that Edmonton roster in a completely different way. That's not something that you normally do. And it's not deadline. something you rush into. No, it's not. You know what I mean? That's what the deadline is. It's a rush. It really is. I know they have a lot of months to prepare for it, and I know that they have their scouting meetings like over a month ago and everything. But as Don Sweeney said, he had another meeting on the phone. He had all those guys on through the night, his pro scouts, his amateur scouts. Everybody was on a conference call. They didn't sleep last night. And, and that's kind of the trade deadline. It's, yeah. it's like cramming for an exam in college, you know. You pull an all-nighter, <laughs> you kick back the Red Bull, you hope for the best. But then you've got to take notes of what you didn't accomplish there and try to parlay it into something at the, trade, at the uh, NHL draft. And I guess we'll end it on, I'm going to ask you this question. I'll give my take here on the Bruins beat and on our Periscope broadcast on at Bruins CLNS. Uh, where you heard the New Jersey sending Marcus Johansson for a second-round pick in 2019 and a fourth-round pick in 2020. You heard it first here with Alex and me on at Bruins CLNS. Um, I'm going to ask you, is there something that the Bruins discussed that we heard percolating around the Bruins? Whether, well, obviously, it's not Mark Stone because he's signed now. Yeah. But let's say a Ryan Zingo, um or let's say a Mike Hoffman or something like that that you think Don Sweeney could really – Put to the side and say, I'm definitely going back to revisit this Absolutely. at the draft. Which one would you think would be? Let's just say between Hoffman and Zingle, who do you think would be a better fit? Out of those two, I think a better fit is, is Hoffman coming in on expiring contracts. I'm going to go. No, he's got one year left. Right. He's coming in. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. But I'm going to go with Hoffman C. I think the most interesting player to watch coming in this summer is going to be Tyler Tafoli out of Los Angeles. King and that's another building. guy that they were linked Yeah, to. that's another guy they've talked about. I wonder about him in the offseason. Um, we talked about a Melita and Jedi Zingle re-signing in Columbus. I do wonder, though, about uh, Tyler Tafoli coming to the Bruins in the offseason. Mike Hoffman, I wonder about him in the Arizona Coyotes. In the That's right. That's the market that we had talked about. Well, I'm going to say keep an eye on Zingle because I know talking to my Bruins sources, uh, guys that were involved in scouting him leading into the deadline, how much they really like him. They like his speed. They like his tenacity. They like his, just his puck smarts. Uh, this is a guy that they think really could have fit into this top six right now, and he's young. Yeah, you know, he's really young. And not that those other guys aren't. Right. I'm just saying, like, I, I, they know him. They see him a lot from playing Ottawa. They really like him. The problem is 
if you were going to put money on it, I'd put money on him re-signing Columbus right. because of his Ohio State background there. Well, and his, his, his wife is already on record as saying she loves being back there. So that's something to watch. Yeah, I don't think it's going to depend, too, on what happens here the rest of the regular season and in the playoffs. I mean, if the Bruins were to lose in the first round of Toronto, you'd have to think that they're going to be more aggressive in the summer. What happens if the single goes to Columbus completely bombs it? His value could be very minimal. Tyler Tapuli, if I told you last summer that he could be available for a second-round pick and a prospect, you wouldn't believe it. That seemed to be the asking price today. Teams weren't even willing to pay that. Yeah. A lot's going to be changing here between now and the summer. A lot of it's going to depend on how teams fare between now and the end of the year and how players perform. Well, between now and then, and even then, and after throughout the summer, you can always tune into the Bruins beat. You can always find my work here at Bruins CLNS and, of course, at Murphy's Law 74. Check out Alex at Alex underscore Thomas. 14. Of course, he does a great job over at murphyshockeylaw.net and uh, your other work there promoted again. Uh, the OilersRig.com, which is uh, Edmund's Oilers based blog, and occasionally helping out with soccer writers. And of course, as you can tell, very connected there when it comes to the Oilers. They will be an active team for sure come draft time. So remember to circle back and check out Alex then. I'm Jimmy Murphy. He's Alex Thomas. Great, man. Good time here. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Have a good one. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tide that's fine Because you're mine I won't believe